I read the most disheartening LinkedIn post, and I want to share it with you guys because I think a lot of people might be feeling this right now. Okay, I'm going to read you the post. It's about a freelancer quitting. And I think something she said was very poignant. We could really learn a lot. And part of me wanted to reach out to the woman who posted this and say like, no, you can just do this differently. But that's not ethical. Like if somebody's quitting freelancing and they've made their decision, they've made their decision. But what I can do is at least share this with you guys so that you don't fall into this trap. Welcome to the Paid Copywriter Podcast. This is for free thinkers and introverts who just don't fit the nine to five mold and want to break free and start a business of one. I share all of the tips, strategies, and behind the scene fails of how I transitioned from a nine to five career to freelance writing despite having no experience. So if you want to learn all things copywriting persuasion psychology and marketing make sure you subscribe or follow whether you're listening to this on podcast or youtube so i'm going to read you the post it says after 12 months and 150 successful projects i cannot book work after 12 months of playing the freelance game i cannot make rent after 12 months of applying tips tricks suggestion suggestions and can't lose coaching to my business, I can't sustain it. Success is a funny thing. When you're incredibly hardworking, driven, and motivated, and things still don't work, it's demoralizing. When you're highly educated, experienced, and skilled, and things still don't work, it's crushing. When each week you apply pitch, bid, cold call, cold email, and network, and things still don't work, you wonder what you're doing wrong. This week, I realize I'm not cut out for the game. No matter how skilled you are, how much experience you have, how big your portfolio is, or how many former clients sing your praises, if you don't sell your services, it doesn't matter. So I'm looking for a job. So that was the post. It was somebody leaving the freelance game and looking for a full-time job. So two things I want to say about that is number one, I have been there. I quit freelancing. My fiance just joined. Hi, Chris. This is the first time my fiance has ever joined the live. Hi. <laughs> um, I want to, you know, say that I relate to that post because I quit freelancing to go full time. Okay. So I took an in-house role as a content lead. It was an absolute disaster and I wound up quitting within like six months. It was a disaster. I had to build my freelance business up from scratch. So just know that everything that I share about how to cold pitch clients and the step-by-step framework of pitching is not something I just did once when I started freelancing. It's what I had to do again once I dissolved my freelance business and had to get back out there and pitch again. So I've done this twice now. But what I want to highlight about what she said is that... (laughs) No matter how skilled you are, how much experience you have, how big your portfolio is, or how many former clients sing your praises, if you can't sell your services, it doesn't matter. That is 100% true, and there couldn't be more truth in that statement. If you cannot sell your freelance writing services, you don't have a freelance business. That is just bottom line. I actually am going to venture to say that writing ability is secondary to your ability to sell yourself and market your services correctly. And that might be super counterintuitive because you're like, well, here I am, I'm taking copywriting courses and I'm, I'm learning copywriting and I'm having my copy critiqued by somebody 
And you're telling me that that's secondary? Yes, because if you don't have a client to actually test that work with, if you're not getting feedback from a client, if you're not getting paid, then all of it is for nothing. You can journal and practice and read copywriting books, but it's not going to get you anywhere unless you test your abilities on a client, get feedback from the client and get paid. And that's why when I went to, you know, when I went to create an online course, I thought, okay, copywriting. No, what people really need is the ability to market and sell themselves so that they get the opportunity and get their foot in the door instead of spinning their wheels with just trying to learn copywriting. Because I can't tell you how many freelancers join my program 30 days to paid saying you know I was consuming so much content you know months and months were going by and I just wasn't doing anything and I didn't understand why and now I do understand why because I wasn't taking the action steps I wasn't actually getting out there and I didn't have the tangible steps so so many people learn about copywriting they start learning but then they get stuck and this is the pivotal reason why is the ability to sell yourself and communicate is not there. And that's why this video is super important because I want to tell you that selling is a learned skill. And I think I'm the perfect person to talk about this because I was in sales, but I'm naturally very introverted. So I understand all of the fears and the doubts and the anxieties and you know, the the introverted nature and and feeling afraid to communicate with people and get on calls and just not preferring it like obviously i love to read and write and be in a room silently alone i get so anxious around people but because i was a trained salesperson i had a manager over my shoulder saying get on the phones go into that building go do this so it's a learned skill and the problem is people don't think that they think well I'm just not naturally this I'm just naturally a uh, copy I hope you can keep this live saved yes I'm gonna post it to YouTube Yay. Um, it is a learned skill and that's why my course is unique in the sense that I understand where you're coming from with your introversion and your doubts and fears about getting on calls but it can be taught how to do it and it's actually not what you think it's not about selling and being outgoing and being like mr salesperson or like mrs personality mrs networker it's not about any of that it's about listening and being empathetic and being helpful which is areas that all writers excel in and that's why it's so frustrating that this isn't more commonly known and talked about is that you have the skills right now you just have to learn how to put them into action when you're on calls with these clients your course has helped me so much when it comes to selling my services yay Chantel you're an amazing su uh, success story and I'm super excited to post our interview on YouTube this week yay editing takes a really long time um, so I'm gonna give you sales skills that you can use they're not gonna be what you think I'm gonna share with you how you can utilize these sales skills and actually get high paying clients and it's going to touch upon some of these communication skills okay so let's start with number one your biggest i guess your secret weapon your way of standing out is going to be getting on calls with clients right so that can be super nerve-wracking i'm going to talk about that a little bit more but if you can keep your online conversations to a minimum keep it professional um you know really persuade them to get on a call with you, you are going to be head and shoulders above the other freelancers that are just trying to do business over email. Okay, so 
don't worry. Don't freak out. You're like, oh my God, I don't want to get on calls. Don't worry. I'm, I'm going to break that down. But just know this. The reason why freelancers are dropping like flies and saying they can't get work is partly because they're not building relationships and becoming irreplaceable and building a face-to-face -face connection with their clients. That is so, so critical because this is such a people-focused business. You are not just a writer. Anyone who is just a writer and who is being assigned, um, you know, just being emailed assignments and handing them in, that is where AI puts you in jeopardy. So all this fear and fear mongering around AI, yes, it is going to impact the people, the people who are not making personal human centered connections with their client and proving that what you do is something that a robot can never replicate. And part of that is just being a human and just building relationships and just following those key principles of what helps humans connect, which is eye contact, which is empathy, which is listening. So I'll go into that. But remember, keep conversations succinct and try to persuade the client to get on a call to learn more about you and your writing services. This is going to increase your conversion rates to the moon. And I've seen that firsthand with students in the course who are getting on these client calls and students who are not confident in this, who had never done this and are getting great results and are telling me these things that clients say to them. And they're like, you know, you're great. Um, I, I wish I found someone like you, like all these things that we would die to hear. They're hearing just because they got on a call and did this. Go into each call with an outline. If you're afraid, if you're like, this is awkward, I don't want to talk, the silence is cringy, totally, I get it. But if you go in with an outline and just say, these are the top points that I'm going to hit on. Here's how I'm get just a rough outline, just bullet points. Here's how I'm going to start the call. Here's something I know I want to bring up on the call. Here's a piece of research I did on their website that I want to bring up. Do the upfront work so that you are going into this without awkwardness, right? Like I would never show up right here with you guys right now without having an outline in front of me. That's what I have is like, here's my talking points because I'm going to freeze up and not know what the hell to talk about unless I have that. So just a brief outline. Let me make sure I'm keeping up on the messages. <laughs> Amanda said, can't wait to watch the interview. Yay. Amazing. Shelly. Hey. <laughs> Um, Enrico said, I woke up yesterday and said to myself, I got to stop the BS and make it work. I decided I wouldn't stand up from my desk without booking a call, even if it meant I would cold call clients. Yes, Enrico. I love that. I booked three calls that day. That's incredible. Enrico said, mindset is everything. Yes, it's so true. Um, so on the topic of calls, so you're going in with your outline, but this is where freelancers really get, I guess, psyched out and bogged down because they're like, I, and you know, I've spoken about this with other uh, with other students in the course. They're like, well, I feel like an imposter because I've never done this. You have to realize that when I first started freelancing, I had never done it either. So I got on a call to pitch my services and I had no proof or evidence or anything to back me up that I could do it. So just know that you don't need to have a client that you've worked for in order to get on a call and nail it. Okay. What you need to actually do is listen more than you speak. Every client that you get on a call with is not like judging you hardcore and being like, who are you? What do you? It's they have a business problem that they're trying to solve and they want to know if you can help them with it. And what that actually requires you to do is listen to what their problem is. And this is what a lot of freelancers don't understand. They're like, I have to really think about what I'm going to say and I, I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. No, let them 
take control of the call, at least in the beginning. I, I do recommend that you take control of the call by setting an agenda, but that's like a more advanced technique. But if you're just getting your feet wet and you're experimenting with these calls and just want to get on a call with a client, let them take the lead. Let them tell you what their problem is and listen and and respond to what their issues are versus being so concerned about presenting yourself. There is a way to present yourself. In my course, I call it the elevator pitch. When you know your elevator pitch as a freelance writer, you will never be afraid to get on a call again because you will know exactly what to say about who you serve, what you do, and why you are unique, okay? So listen to that again. Your elevator pitch is your background, how you got into writing, why you're a writer, what is your motivation. Number two, who you serve, right? So that's your niche. What type of clients, maybe you haven't worked for them yet, but what kind of, what kind of clients have you are you specializing in, right? Who you serve. And then what's different about you, So you need to position yourself in a bit of a different way, your unique positioning, right? And I'll tell you, I'll give you kind of my elevator pitch of what I say to my software clients. You can see all of that in action. So my elevator pitch is this. Well, I used to be a sales rep. I was, you know, selling technology to, um, you know, technology managers at school but uh, at school districts, but then I realized that I actually really like selling with words. I was really good at getting people to respond to my meetings via email. So then I got into copywriting. And the reason I serve software brands specifically is because I used to sell to this demographic. So I'm really you know, familiar with their pain points and their objections. And it allows me to write really powerfully toward that specific audience. And what's different about me is that I do have that customer-facing experience and I can write content that's really geared toward that particular demographic because I've used these software tools and I've spoken with your ideal client and it allows me to connect with them. I don't need to be an expert in software. I don't need to be a scholar. Nobody has ever asked me if I have a college degree. It's just a matter of framing your story and storytelling and tailoring your past experiences toward what they're looking for. And that's what I think Chantel, who is on the live, I don't know if she's still here, but that's what she did so beautifully that she went into an underserved industry. That was her niche, which is um, more of like a medical manufacturing B2B sale. And She had no experience in that, but she did go to school to be an occupational therapist where they taught about something called oral structure. So now she's going to these uh, dental manufacturers and saying, like, I have key knowledge in oral structure. Does she have actual relevant experience? Has she sold? No, no, no. She's crafting a story and relating her background to what the client could need and, and sharing why she's a good fit for the role. And that takes all the pressure off you to be like, yeah, I've worked with X, Y, and Z client. Because I'll be honest with you, once you do have a portfolio and once you've written for a few different names in your specific niche, these calls just become a matter of name dropping. Well, when I worked for your competitor here, when I worked for this guy that you know, oh, you partner with them, I've worked for them. 
once you start saying that stuff, you're a shoe in You don't need to try that hard, right? But you're going to get there eventually, especially if you have a niche. If you don't have a niche and you're just writing every which way direction, that's going to be hard to establish. That's why people are like, oh, you don't need a niche. Oh, No, you do need a niche because if you are name dropping somebody's competitor, somebody who they look up to, then they're automatically gonna be like, wait, you've written for them? Okay, we need you. It's so obvious. You become the obvious choice for them. But we don't all start out with a portfolio. I started with zero. I always tell this story where I'm like, I would look at other writers. I would look at their portfolios and I'd look at the logos and who they wrote for. And I'm like, I'll never get there. This girl's written for HubSpot. This girl's isn't, you know, comparing myself. But then time went by. I pitched, I pitched, I landed clients and I have impressive logos on my website now, right? Like it happens with time. You just have to pitch and get in the door with those specific clients. So have your elevator pitch ready. Talk about your background, who you serve and what's different about you. Um, I mentioned this a little bit, but telling stories of past clients, this is the best way to take a client who's like, yeah, we might need you for a few blog posts. Let's pay you like $500 a month. And you're like, shit, I want to get more work from this one client and that's where stories come in and this is like the underrated everyone's talking about like ways to get clients and this and that the most underrated thing is to actually get in with a certain client somebody said how did you get hp i got that through an agency and it was the worst experience of my life <laughs> i tell you guys on my youtube channel i have videos about this but i hate working for agencies just in my specific industry which is tech HP was a disastrous project. So just know that getting these big names isn't all it is uh, cut out to be because sometimes they just treat you like shit. Tony just joined. Hey, Tony. That's my college roommate and best friend slash sister. I love you. I struggle to even get them on the phone. Yeah, I see a lot of comments of people saying I struggle to get them to get on a call to begin with. So what I would say to that is... You have to work on your pitch. You have to make sure you're pitching the right person who you know would even be interested in writing services. Um, definitely tweak your pitch. But I also, I go over this in the course, but don't offer to get on a call in the first message, right? Like that's the equivalent of getting on Tinder and the first message you send a girl or a guy is saying like, hey, do you want to go on a date? It's like, what? We haven't even spoken. What are you talking about? This is creepy, right? So like you want to... You want to send, you want to deter, you want to gauge interest first and then recommend getting on a call. But I think a lot of people come out the gate way too strong trying to push people to get on calls. I know people do it to me with like video editing services and I'm like, whoa, 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 I don't even know who you are. Like a call is a big, big commitment to get on. So definitely tweak your pitch to make sure you're pitching the right person with the right message and then gauge their interest and kind of pique their interest before getting them to that point where you get them on a call. So telling stories of past clients and work that you have done for past clients is super compelling to get your client to give you that assignment. So for example, uh, I have a client that I'm doing blog work for and I always get my foot in the door with blog writing. I think it's a low commitment deliverable. I think if you can write a high school or a college essay, you can write a blog post. And it's a really great way to get your foot in the door with your ideal clients and then upsell them to more direct response type copywriting, whether it be emails. Full disclosure, I pretty much never cold pitch anyone or get my foot in the door with a client with copywriting. 
No one's going to really trust you to write their website or their emails or whatever, their landing pages, unless they've seen, unless you've developed some type of track record with them, right? So for most clients, get your foot in the door with more of a content play. And from there, I'll message them and just say, hey, did you see that your competitor is doing this? I could write social posts that do X, Y, and Z. Hey, did you see that they're hosting that webinar? Or, oh, I saw that you hosted that webinar. Maybe I could turn that into a social post for you so that you can actually get more mileage out of what you're producing. You wanna be the freelancer that's bringing ideas to the table and is upselling them, upselling, upselling, not in a cringy way, you're just providing value. And nine out of 10 times, well, that's a little extreme, like five out of 10 times, they'll say no, maybe later, but then they'll come back and say, actually, you know what, that thing you keep talking to me about, we're finally ready to do that. Can you do that for me? That has happened so many times. So don't be afraid of rejection or anything like that. Now, here's my final tip for getting on calls, and this is super valuable. This is something I learned in my sales career, and it's something called assuming the sale, and it's ending the call by basically saying, by basically, okay, let me just maybe do like a little bit of role play. So you've gone on the call, you know, they've asked you about yourself, you've asked them what they're looking to do, and then you're nearing the end of the call, and it's like, shit, this is awkward now. How are we gonna end this call? Most writers will just say like, okay, well, like, you let me know what you want to do. They let the client steer the ship. And then toward the end of the call, what I always do is I assume the sale and I say, okay, so if we were to start working together and everything goes according to plan, here's how we'd work together. You would send me a brief. I would do some research. I invoice you 50%. I get the brief from you. I show you a first draft. I do two rounds of revisions. So you go into your process. You start telling the client, hey, you basically allow the client to envision what it's like to work with you. And when you say your process like that, like, hey, I invoice you 50%. Hey, um, you know, you send me a brief and I give you a two week turnaround time. You might be thinking like, ooh, that's a little like forward. I don't want to like push that on someone. Actually, you're letting the client know that you are in complete control, that your processes are honed and that they're fine tuned and that you can be relied upon, that you are a professional, that you are a business with standard operating procedures, right? So when you start going into your process, the the next thing they're going to do is like, okay, sounds good to me. I'll send you blah, blah, blah. I'll do this, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'll go back to so-and-so and we'll discuss this. So- It just makes the call, it ties up with a bow, it puts a really good taste in the client's mouth, it lets them be impressed by you, it lets them know that you are thoughtful, meaning you have thought about this, you you are ready to provide a professional experience where things are going back and forth because this is a level of project management you need to know. It's like, oh, I submit this and then we have a two week turnaround time and then you do edits that can be very overwhelming for somebody like, oh, like I want to work with you, but I don't even know how this is going to work. And it's probably going to be a lot of work on my end to guide this freelancer and tell them. So you want to take that burden off their shoulder and say, this is how we work together because then they can see the stepping stones and see how they're going to get to the other side because you're laying out the steps for them. And that's the copywriting principle and a sales principle regardless, whether you're on a sales call, whether you're writing copy, you want to lay out the steps of how someone can work with you so that they can envision working with you and that you can dissolve all of the anxiety and the stress that is involved with making a buying decision, okay? So 
those are my tips. I'm going to recap them. Keep the online conversation succinct and get them on a call. Trust me on that. Get, uh, go into each call with an outline. Have a bulleted list of things you want to talk about. Have it right in front of you. And if shit gets awkward on this call and there's an awkward silence, you just look back. And I always start the call by saying, hey, just letting you know, when I'm looking down, I'm taking notes. I'm a big note taker. So don't think I'm looking off the camera. I, I'm just taking notes. People love when you take notes. Like if you were talking to somebody and they're like, let me take notes on that. You'd be like, oh, that's so nice. They're listening. Like, I feel like I'm being interviewed. It's nice, right? So keep that uh, outline in front of you and refer back to it for the awkward silences or where you have a brain fart and you're just like, I don't know what to say next. <laughs> um, listen more than you speak. Stop thinking you need to rattle on and talk and talk. I've actually shot myself in the foot because I've talked too much. Sometimes I'm like, shut the, like I say something and I'm like, why did I say that? Like, shut the hell up. So to just shut the hell up and don't say anything. It's okay. Like you want to listen more than you can speak and you want the client to start really like bearing their soul. And it's funny, I, I had one coaching call uh, recently, I don't think Linda's on this call, but uh, she's a website copywriter and we were on a coaching call and she's like, yeah, I have these clients that like, they just go on and on and on and on. It's like, it's so much, but it's actually a good sign when a client is like bearing their soul to you. <laughs> Most people really just want someone to listen to them, believe it or not. So listen more than you speak. Have your elevator pitch ready. Not that this needs to be some big production, just literally who you are, your background, why did you get into freelance writing? Give them a little idea of who you are. You're, they're going to be giving you thousands of dollars per month. They need to understand, like, who is this person? Where have they been? And why should I trust them, right? So how you got into copywriting, who you serve, meaning your niche, and what makes you different, right? Like, there's, they're going to be interviewing multiple people for that role, most likely, right? Um, actually, if you pitch them, you probably won't be competing with many people. But if you apply to a job, you're going to be competing against a lot of people. And you want to stand out to them, right? So what makes you different? My differentiator was always like, hey, my prior career was in X. And that's why I always tell students in 30 Days to Paid, use your past experiences as your biggest asset because what you know as a writer is actually more powerful than like, oh, I, I have this great portfolio sample. It's like, you're going to be writing with your mind and your experiences. So promote what you know and what you've been through and what you're interested in. And then tell stories of past clients. This is when you're working with them and you want to upsell them. Hey, I just turned their webinar into this blog post. How do you feel about that? Would you want me to do something like that for you? Hey, I noticed that you're publishing X, Y, and Z, but this could get more reach if we turn this into an email campaign. Would you want me to do that for you? Constantly upselling, constantly providing value. Do it in a value add way. Not like, hey, I want to do social posts. Can I do it? Like, no, not like that. Do it in a way of like, I think we can do X, Y, and Z strategy. Here's three examples of how I think we can do this together. Would you want me to do this for you? And be okay with them saying no, because eventually they'll come back around and tell you, hey, that thing you've been wanting to try with us, we're finally ready to do that, right? Like these content strategies have a lot of moving parts, so don't take rejection personally. Um, end with assuming the sale, meaning explain your process. Let the client envision what it's like to work with you. Tell them, hey, you, this is how we work together. 
you're going to send me this. I'm going to sign this. I'm going to invoice you 50%. You're going to get a first draft within this. If you like lay out your process and outline your process, they will feel so much relief. And it's called assuming the sale, but it doesn't have to be cringy and sleazy. Simply Alexander said, this is gold. This tying, uh, piloting motherhood says this tying it all up at the end of a call like this is so good. Yay! I'm glad you liked it. Farah said, but how do you book the call? It seems impossible. It's not impossible. It's just really the message you're sending and the sequence in which you're sending it. So it's number one, getting on their radar, cutting through the noise with your pitch, right? Download the freelance template playbook and get my cold pitch messages. Make sure that you're sending the message to the right person. That's step two, right? If you send the cold pitch to a lot of people that don't even need a writer or aren't in charge of that or blah, 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 it's going to be pointless, right? So you want to get on their radar with the right pitch that cuts through the noise. That's an introduction message. But then you also want to give value in those initial messages too. Hey, I've done this, this, and that. Like the average writer today is sending a totally generic pitch. And I know because I get them all the time, they're sending a generic pitch that says like, hey, I'm looking for writing work. What can you give me? So number one, it's like super self-centered, right? It's not anything personalized to the client. It allows the client to just delete it, zone out, whatever, totally skip over the message. And then secondly, like they'll be like, here's my portfolio, take a look. But it's like, no, do the work for the client. Say, I know that your product does this, this, and this. Here's three samples I've written that are in your exact industry, right? Like you want to pull samples from your portfolio and do that work for them. And once they see what type of person you are and they look at the quality of this message, then you can get on a call with them. But it all starts with that first impression and how you come across in that pitch. Having a optimized LinkedIn profile is really key for that because the minute they get your message, they're going to hop right to your profile and see you and what you're all about. And they're not going to read in depth. They're going to skim. So you want these key areas of your profile to be really buttoned up and speak directly to an ideal client so that they can, with snap judgment, look at your profile and say, oh yeah, she does exactly what I need and she's experienced in this. She specializes in us. It's a no-brainer. Tyson, what's up? <laughs> Guys, check out my interview with Tyson on my YouTube channel because I specialize in pitching on LinkedIn um, and a bit of emailing, but he specializes in Instagram and a lot of like creative ways to follow up. So check out Tyson for sure. If that is Tyson, if it's a bot that's pretending to be Tyson, then never mind. Simply Alexandra said, this ties a lot into setting boundaries with clients. And I believe this aspect should never be overlooked. Yes, for sure. I, I'm My next live coaching call in 30 Days to Paid is all about setting client boundaries, specifically around pricing, because so many of us are so meek and like gentle and not aggressive enough with our prices. And we got to break out of that. Um, Amanda said, what do you think about LinkedIn blog posts? Do you think they can be more effective than a blog post on your website? I think it's, so what I do with LinkedIn is that I use the featured section to put up my published samples that I'm proud of. But yeah, that's 100% a good way to repurpose it. I would have it on both. I would have it on my website. I would also have it on LinkedIn. Miss Christine is the real deal. Thanks, Tyson. <laughs> awesome. All right, it looks like we're all burnt out here. 
Thank you so much. This was so fun. Yay. <laughs> Bye, guys. Now, if you're watching this, you're probably interested in becoming a freelance copywriter, but you don't know where to start. I recommend this video here, which is making your first $1,000 as a writer. I lay out the steps and this video might be my most viewed video. So I think it's resonating with people. Give it a watch, comment down below and tell me what you think of it, but it should give you more clarity about how to get started on this journey. Hope it helps.